Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center for C. The name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of. So I thank you for listening. I'm here with Jim Sweet, author of Back to the Front Porch, and also author of Mental Freedom, both books about finding peace and enjoyment in life. And he was on my last podcast, episode 52, which which equaled one year of podcasting. And I'm so happy to have you here beginning a new year, Jim. Yeah, happy to be here, Kim. That's great. How are you doing today? I always ask Tisha, how are you doing? How are you today? I'm, I'm good. I am fighting against a little cold here. First one of the season, I guess. But if we're going to be talking about well-being, it's uh, we might as well talk about it uh, in real we life, right? Well. In, in real time. <laughs> That's right. In real life, yeah. right? The colds, the sniffles, the coughing. Don't feel like you have to. Uh, your voice has to be perfect on this. Absolutely. Right. I, uh, yeah. It is. Tis the season for the colds. It's starting and and hap- yeah, happily not coming. COVID. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so the topic is, yes, well-being at work. And I would be interested, Jim, in kind of what you thought about when I shared with you that that would be the topic that we would talk about. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I thought of was it's certainly different um, today than it was maybe five years ago or certainly 10 years ago. What that means, um, let's even say 10 years ago, I just remember there was, there was a, uh, you know, seemed to be a culture of you know, fight through everything, work through it, don't get sick, you know, don't use your sick days. You know, there was that feeling. And I and I feel like kind of going through the pandemic, people have maybe paused and started to say, wait a minute, I do I do need to take care of myself. Um, work is, you know, it's it's probably a big part of most people's lives, but it's not the only thing. And our health and, and well-being is as important as, you know, a lot of that other stuff. And especially anyone that has had a breakdown or a tragedy or a serious crisis in their life realizes that when we break down, a lot of things break down. And maybe we even sometimes see that work is very important, but it really doesn't love us back. It doesn't answer our whole needs in life, you know, it's, and yet we can still do great work and be a great employee. It goes back to what we have talked about before, which is the ego, you know, the ego and the self-importance. This is so important. This is so important. And you realize in any situation, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. It certainly has happened to me in my career is like, some, you know, an important player at work all of a sudden has a heart attack and mm, they're not right. there. And we all managed through every, everything managed again. Yeah. It, was it bumpy? Did people shift some meetings? Did some things get rearranged? Yes. Did some things even get delayed? Maybe, but in general, life went on and work life went on too. And I think when even managers can keep that in perspective, you know, we have a lot of work and what I'm seeing today is really a lot of overflowing desks, if you will, like yeah. o- people with overfull schedules. Right. Yeah. The, the overfull schedule is something that's struggle. I think many people struggle with it, but I, I've struggled with it for years and it's 
part of that, yes, I can do it. Yes, you, you almost don't want to say no to something. And, you know, sometimes in that work culture and a business culture, if, if you say no to something, well, are you going to be getting to that next level or are you going to be, you know, potential is your boss going to look at you differently if you if you say no? I can't handle this at the at the moment, you know. And I think that's another th- way to think of it is is to say I can't handle this right now. It doesn't mean I can't handle it, but I- I've got too many things uh, that are going right now that you know I-, I can't do everything. So I can either put my time and energy into you know this one thing, these two things, but not these three things or these four things. And it's something that. I know I've struggled for sure is to f- try and figure out how to say no to something. I think saying no is, can, can be a challenge in a lot of different places. Um, and at work, that's, that's certainly a, uh, a spot. Sure. It's a challenge. And also it, you came up with um, a coaching tip right in there is asking your supervisor how can I, how should I prioritize this? You know, engaging your boss or your peer, or whoever you're sharing work with or getting work from or getting direction from that to, to ask for their help in prioritizing your time so that you're focusing on the thing that they want the most, um, rather than internalizing the, I can't do it all. And then rather, maybe then even saying no and having it come across badly. You know, if we're worried about that, we tend to be worried, what will this look like? Yeah, it's it's the, and that's a good point, Kim. Um, it's the, okay, if I say yes to this, what, are, what am I going to say no to? I have to say no to something else. And if you could engage your supervisor there and say, okay, yes, I can do this right now. But what do you, would you like me to put on the side now that I will not complete because I want to focus on this thing? Because I can't do both, and that's a, that's a very stressful thing. So, right, and if that's true, and if it's true, and and, and oftentimes it is because you know people will, uh, I'm guilty of it. I just hand things over to other people until they either break or tell me no. But you know, it's it's not something that um, yeah, I, I go around asking them. Hey, okay, I've worked to get better at that. Asking, hey, do you have enough room on your plate to to add this to it? You know, if not, then we'll, we'll we'll take a different course of action. And other things that I think are are, are well being at work, or what could fall under well being at work too, is um, having healthy connections, connections, your peers, your colleagues, having good relationships. I think that a lot of your well being might come from the fact that you're all doing hard work. But you enjoy each other's company. There's camaraderie. You you go to work, and hopefully you have friendships there that support you. Because connecting as a human being is so important. Uh, we're wired for connection, and work can often be our our second family. Yeah, and I and you heard that from a lot of people um, during and and after the pandemic, and you know there was. The freedom to work from home, which I think a lot of people appreciate, but there's a lot to say for if you were in a, a space, whether it was an office or a you know a, a classroom or a, uh, you know a facility where there were a bunch of people there, where you did have those connections, and that was something that I you know talking to people, a lot of people miss that uh, during the pandemic. Is are those connections? Are those you know even if it's a two minutes at the you know the the coffee pot in the morning. You know, how was your weekend or, you know, what are you doing tonight? That type of thing. 
Um, and that connection is, yeah, it's, it's, it's important as a person, um, but also important certainly in, in that works setting. Mm-hmm. So I would consider that connections just sort of some natural workplace well-being that's just happening that we may not be recognizing is having that, having friends at work, having a second family at work. Another thing that comes up in the well-being research, I would say, in that area is psychological safety. And I think this is where connections or people who know you come through. Do we feel safe at work? Do we feel safe to speak up? have opinions, be ourselves, be authentically who we are. And I think that's something that can be cultivated in the workplace. And it might be something that that some people struggle with that doesn't exist in the workplace and therefore affects their well-being. Yeah. Yeah, because do you, do you want to go to a place where you're, you know, where your voice is not heard or or like you said you're afraid to speak up. Um, you know, if you see something that may, maybe isn't going the right way, would you speak up and, um, and if you speak up and you get, you know, slapped on the wrist or something, that's certainly not a a safe place to be in. And I was having a conversation with someone recently and they they were talking about even in a business sense, don't you want to cultivate as many ideas as possible if you're trying to grow a business or you're trying to, to, uh, educate a bunch of, of students, don't you want to get those ideas um, out and about and, and talk about them as opposed to having the, uh, you know, the, the culture where there's one person in charge, they make all the decisions and they tell everyone else what to do. So it, you know, it, how, how do you, you know, open up that safety, um, space for, for people to, to, to bring those opinions, um, you know, especially if in, in the, the, uh, premise of this, this conversation was around a newer person who, you know, maybe they're, they've only been in the, I mean, wherever they're working for a few months and they have some ideas, but they don't know, geez, is this a safe place to bring up these ideas? Is this a, if I bring them up, am I going to get down and, and people are going to say, well, you don't really know what you're talking about. You've only been here a couple of months. Or like you said, Kim, is it that safe place, which could potentially, you know, help grow that business? Sure. And with a manager who's okay with that or whoever's facilitating the meeting is comfortable with that. It may even be the peers, just sort of comfortable with thoughts and ideas. We do want to be diplomatic if we're new. We want to be kind of taking in the scene and not necessarily jumping in too much. Other people might misinterpret that as criticism and then get defensive. But hopefully in a really solid workplace with a good culture, you have that type of safety where pe- you become known to people, people know you, and then you could speak your mind or you could be honest. You can show up as authentically yourself, not not a different version of yourself than that's in real life. So this takes into place, um, into consideration, inclusion as well. Right which is important right. for people to no one feels like an outcast. And if you think about a toxic workplace where there's like an in-group and out-group, maybe somebody's on the the outs, um that is that kind of disrespect is part of a toxic work environment. Right. Another thing that comes to my mind is th- being able to take breaks. So I'm starting to realize that in, you know, as I'm coaching, uh a lot of people are truly dealing with a high, high volume of work, just period, very, very loaded plate, if you will. 
And so mentally, I think about how you can handle that when you're the best person to handle that and not feel chronic stress. How do you manage your own mindset around, yeah, I'm going to take, I need to take a break, but sure, you know, my brain's telling me there's no time for that. There's no time for that, but I have to take a break. I have to go home at the end of the work day. I have to go engage with my family. I can't let it consume me. And so I don't know, Jim, if you've had any thoughts about this, just like a real overloaded workload, how to master that mindset uh, to be able to handle it without hurting your health. Yeah, well, I think the breaks, um, it's it's even if it's just getting up from your desk and, and I think it's important to get outside if you can, even if it's the middle of January and you're in upstate New York and it's freezing, get outside, get some sunshine, just just get a breath of fresh air. Because it will reset yourself. I mean, it, it, I, I feel like it resets me um, just to get away from whatever it was that was bothering me. Um, and then I can, you know, then, then you, you know, you do almost get a new perspective on, you know, whatever you're trying to work on. Um, but I think it's uh, if you can get away from the task at hand and just forget about it and shift your mind into something else and then come back to it, <clears throat> you certainly will have a new uh, a new way of looking at it. There's diminishing returns with that overwork. Right. And I've seen that in action. It's like, yeah, refreshing yourself is extremely important because the effectiveness of the processing of the work starts to slip. If you decide that it really the right course of action is a 14 hour day or right. a 15 hour day, yeah. you know, there's diminishing returns in your work. You're going to start slowing down. You're going to get burnt out. And overall, that's probably not the best course personally and professionally. Your workplace doesn't want you burnt out either. No. Another is to keep that ego in check that, you know, it isn't, um, what are the old expressions like rocket science or brain surgery? Right. You know, those expressions we have, it's like, well, I'm not doing brain surgery. Right. You know, this isn't brain surgery. And we've heard people in the workplace jo- kind of joke about that. And it's like just keeping that ego in check that like, while this is very important and yes, I'm a diligent, responsible worker, uh, employee, I do, I care about my job a great deal that we have to sort of cut it off to the point where it's starting to make us feel sick. Right. Um, if we are dealing with overwork, you know, if you were objective and you were getting a lot of work done and would you, if you were an objective third party looking at it, would you say, wow, well, you still, you did a lot, you know, maybe there's just Maybe being behind is okay. You yeah, know? and maybe like I was talking about earlier is, is how important is everything? You have to be able to you – know, some things are just not that important to uh, – if you've got you know 100 emails that come in in a day, how many of those emails are actually just conversations that you're copied on? And that's that's a, a thing that I notice a lot um, is being copied on emails that really have nothing to do with me. But then Kim, that ego jumps in and says, well, I need to be – I need to know exactly what's going on here and – Oh, maybe now I can jump in and give my two cents. Um, and I guess each workplace is different. I'm of the opinion that if you're copied on an email, it's just a, hey, by the way, this is going on, but you don't need to do anything. So those emails are maybe not as important as the ones that are directed right at you. So can we move those to the side and move some of that stuff off instead of trying to figure out, okay, well, what is this person saying? What is that person saying? What do they mean here? I'm just copying on this. I'm just, this is just an information stream for me. I don't know how piling on of work, has it always been like that? 
Is it always? <laughs> have we always had uh, you know work piled on and piled on? I don't know. I don't remember. It's a good question. It's a good question that I ponder often. I'm thinking that we may not have, but some of our own technology, the the opportunity to CC each other, which is what <laughs> you were just talking about, like right. you might just be copied to keep you in good communication, keep you in the loop. I think may, we when we couldn't do that, we didn't do that. And if you think about the old times, we didn't even have email. Right. And, and people were typing memos to each other and sending things that way. So yeah, I think we have to sort of check our own mindset to in some situations, I'm sure there are people maybe even listening right now who are actually doing the job of two people right now. But I think that's where it, it requires a strategic approach. So it's a strategic approach approach to the inbox, as you were just saying, like, what are you just CC'd on? Who needs answers? Maybe how you sort that. Um, I did hear of a company that suggested once, I might've been reading it in an article. It's like, you know, response requested, you know, in the subject line, like, um, for your information, little lines in the subject that would tell you the, the urgency of it. Right or not urgency of it. Same with time working on projects. I think our technology, too many people have their notifications, things pop up, a text, an email pops up while they're trying to work. And it's absolutely a a kind of multitasking that slows people down. And it's going to, you know, hurt your brain more because your brain is task switching. It's not multitasking. Mm. It's so much is it's, it keeps going in and out of different things. And there's a little time to gear up in, in and out of each thing. So if you can be strategic about the focusing for anyone who's overloaded and overwhelmed, it's like, if you have to work on something, turn off your notifications for that time, an hour while you work on right. that. The thing that, that I hear sometimes with, uh, with that, when I've talked to people about, well, try that out. Let's let's ter- turn an email notification or text notification for an hour. Well, what if I miss something? So, all right, here, let's do an experiment. Turn it off for an hour, and then at the end of the hour, let's go back and see, was anything that came through critical? No. Okay. Maybe next time we do it for an hour and a half, and then we stretch it to two hours. And you start to see that the things that do come through when you're working on something else and you're not being distracted, like you said, what was the term you used, Kim? Not multitasking, but multi... Oh, task switching. Task switching, right? So if you're task switching, but how many of those things, if you turn off the notification at the end of those two hours, how many of them were critical that if you didn't answer it immediately, things were blowing up? And and generally, people find out that that that's not... They're not that critical. They can be addressed three hours later or or whenever I can uh, finish my task at hand and then I can move on to that particular thing. And then that shows where in some ways we can take a little more control over our own well-being, right? Just know that the world's not going to fall apart in a minute if you do one thing versus another thing to bring yourself a sense of calm, not to say that the work isn't important, but to bring yourself into a calmer state to work. Um, I, I definitely think that we want at work for our well-being, we want to feel like we're accomplishing things. We want to feel the rewards of a job well done. We don't want to cringe when we go into work. We want to enjoy the hours we're there because whether we're working from home, 
you know, and going in virtually or whether we're in the office, these moments are our life. Right. You know, our life doesn't start later. So we might as well enjoy. And I think well-being is being able to enjoy your work and have a sense of accomplishment and then also enjoy your home life. Yeah, agreed. Because it's it's the present, right? If we're if we're gonna be living in the present, a lot of times that is while you're sitting at your desk at ten thirty on a Tuesday morning, you know, working for whoever you work for, whether it's yourself or or a corporation or a school district. So how can you gain some of that presence right there as opposed to, you know, moving from uh, switching task switching, but to like I said, the well being right there and enjoying your life right there. And I think that's the that's an important key. And in situations where we don't feel like that, okay, so if someone would be listening and they're thinking, uh, I do not have well-being at work. In fact, I don't feel like I have well-being at all right now. It, I would say to, okay, here's where we look under the hood a bit. Like, what's going on? Is it a cr- chronically stressed, chronic overwhelm, the pile of work? Is it is it a disrespectful environment? You know, what of maybe those three things might be happening? Um, is it, in some cases, it could be people need a little bit of change. Maybe they're bored with work and they just don't feel good about their work anymore. Well, it could be time for a promotion. It could be time for a shifting of work, doing something different. Maybe you've been doing the same thing for too long. It can come in a bunch of different ways. But um, definitely well-being at work would mean, you know, feeling good as a human being at work and feeling like you have a life outside of work also. One of the inspirations for this topic, even for me, was um, the Greater Good Center at Berkeley had an article uh, about the six insights about well-being at work in 2022. So they had surveyed people. And, you know, considering that the pandemic uncertainty, there's unease, we have maybe no boundaries, working from home and things of that, the stress was common before. Now there were whole new levels of stress. So, you know, how is our own mental health at work? And a few of the responses that people had, one for well-being on the job, people want mental health support. So I think benefits are involved too. Like companies, do they have some resources for your mental well-being? People are more and more willing to talk about their mental well-being, which I think is a great gift to society right now. This is a gift of the suffering of the pandemic. Agreed. I've heard more people talk about that over the, the past two years than than in the previous 20 combined. Um, and, and I think people, they're, it's and like anything, the more people talk about it, the more awareness is raised and the more people say, oh, wait a minute, this this might actually be something that we need to talk more about and something we need to address. This isn't just some hocus pocus that, you know, you have to sit on a, you know, a psychiatrist's couch the way it was 30 years ago and, you know, in the, in the, you see in a movie there, you know, in the, it's, it's, it's a real thing that, that will help us feel better. So what's, what's wrong with that? Right. What's not to like there? And to debunk the myth of weakness, that it's somehow weakness. We're supposed to plow through. You had mentioned that when we first started talking, Jim, and it's worth revisiting, is that culture of plow through and, and 
don't feel. And I think we're moving into an era where we're seeing that that's unhealthy. And that it's not that time consuming to feel your feelings. (laughs) If you're doing it on a regular basis and it's good emotional housekeeping, we don't have to be so armored up at work. We can feel our feelings and then, then we move forward. So there's so much in the coaching world that can help us put, put work stresses into perspective and some techniques to keep your flow at work better so that you aren't feeling as drained and yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And it, and it, it, I, I found that the more you talk about it, the more other people are willing to talk about it. And then, then the more the conversation flows. Um, so, you, so you might be talking about well being, uh, and, and then again, out of that, m- maybe other ideas, well, well may, maybe someone says, well, you know, we, we, we always have, um, donuts for breakfast on Thursdays, but, Boy, donuts aren't really good for you. So maybe we should eat something else. Maybe we should bring in a fruit platter on Thursday mornings. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like the, the the more we talk about things you know, and communicate with each other and connect with each other, um, the more ideas can be shared and, and, and the more we can kind of figure out right, what does make us feel good I and mean, what, what doesn't make us feel good and stop doing what doesn't make us feel good and, and continue to do what does make us feel good. Oh, well said. I think we can reflect on that the same way we would think about that in our personal lives. We can think about that as our, in our work lives. And, you know, maybe you work that out a little bit on your own before kind of throwing that out to colleagues. But as a, as a workplace, you, you want to feel good at work. Everyone wants to feel accomplished and rewarded and feel like their time is well spent. And I think when you do, it becomes this very, it's a very important slice of your well-being is your career, whatever you're doing for work, your career, your livelihood. So I think the goal is absolutely to feel good at work. I know more and more companies are really rising to the challenge and having benefits that support employees so that they know that they're cared for. There's resources. Um, people are okay with the concept of mental health in the workplace and, and those resources. So I would say if, if anyone's listening and they're feeling very badly, you know, your company might have resources or you can reach out to to me here too to just you know maybe there there's some talking it through that can arrange some of your thoughts and help help organize it so that you can pinpoint because sometimes we don't feel well at work and we can't quite pinpoint what it is and and so that may be something worth discussing as well so I thank you, Jim. Thanks for this discussion. Uh, I I think this was great. We did this as a quicker episode uh, in in thirty minutes or so. Um, trying to make it a little bit more maybe commute time listening too. We'll see. Uh, people can give us their feedback, and uh, we hope you're all feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect with us at the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page or email us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.